0: It's getting a lot warmer. We were talking about this as the week's gone by. Two thousand and since two thousand and two, we've had the ten hottest years in history. Some people might say, Oh my goodness, there's another lovely day today, but we should be worried, we should be concerned. Climate change cannot be ignored. Let's speak to Declan Allison from Friends of the Earth. Declan, good morning. Hello. We should be concerned shouldn 't we you know we 're getting plenty of bright sunshine and we 're getting some very warm weather but there 's also drastic conditions like across in Yorkshire yesterday that that flash flooding is this is this the the future I
1: think it is um, uh, certainly a, um, a- Shown how temperature and the climate is changing drastically, and when we've seen you know wildfires in the Arctic, some parts of the Arctic are warmer than than parts of Europe. It's just unprecedented. We've never seen this kind of uh, wild uh, fluctuations in, in the weather before, really.
0: Why is it happening?
1: Oh, well, the, the the science is very clear about this. It is uh, human activities is causing it. That's burning fossil fuels. It's deforestation. It's um, industrial agriculture. It's a whole range of human activities. And th- there have been many, many studies on this, uh, scientific studies, and they show very, very clearly that it is human activity. It's not the sun, it's not uh, some kind of uh, cycles, internal variation or anything like that. It is human activity quite unequivocally.
0: And what do you say to people who will come up with the argument that there were dramatic events in the weather centuries ago?
1: Well, there have been. Of course, weather is is very variable. Weather changes all the time. The climate has changed in the past. No one is denying this. But what the evidence shows very, very clearly at the moment is that it is human activity. We can rule out all the things that have caused climate change in the past, like uh, uh, the uh, changes in in the sun's output, for example, or changes in the Earth's orbit. None of those things are in play at the moment. The only thing that is causing the... uh, climate change that we're experiencing at the moment is human activity that's burning fossil fuels it's deforestation it's draining wetlands it's industrial agriculture it's those kind of things
0: when you say industrial agriculture i get a view of some of the things that are happening in russia or america is there industrial agriculture here on this island
1: oh there is of course um we Quite recently we've seen a, a, an influx of, of uh, developments for um, huge pig units for huge uh, chicken units and they're spewing out huge amounts of, of uh, pollutants like ammonia um, causing water pollution, causing air pollution and also there, there's uh, a lot of inputs into that, energy inputs in, um, in uh, antibiotics and, and other chemicals that are, that are used in it. All of those are very carbon intensive, they use a lot of fossil fuels so undoubtedly uh,
0: industrial agriculture is is a contributor and we are part of that problem farmers will argue of course they are the custodians of the countryside and but for the farmers th- this place would be a, a mess what 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 do you say to those who speak loudly on behalf of farmers
1: well, I don't think the evidence supports that claim. I mean, certainly we need farmers, we need people working the land, we need, we need a, a productive land. But the way it is being produced at the moment, the way food is being produced is, is unsustainable. It is... Um, not only producing large uh, uh, numbers of of, um, greenhouse gases, it's also producing other pollutants like ammonia that is uh, polluting the air, polluting the water. Ninety-eight percent of our protected lands are um, at the threshold of of, uh, pollution levels, Um, so or uh, above the threshold I I should say. So there is massive damage being caused to the countryside, to the environment by the way we're farming land. So that, so we need to change the way we're, uh, so the way we're producing food, I should say. So we need to change the way we uh, produce food, and that means getting back to, uh, uh, more extensive, uh, forms of agriculture. So, um, you know, we used to have farmers who would have some pigs, some chickens, some cows, they'd grow some, some crops. We need to have that kind of thing again. We need to get trees back onto the land. Um, we, we need to... Um, so Trees, for example, are, are great. Not only do they uh, suck down uh, carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and help to alleviate the impacts of climate change, but they also stabilise the land. They suck up a lot of water, so when it rains very heavily, the trees will help to stabilise the land. That prevents flooding further downstream. It means uh, animals can graze longer. They've got shade in the summer. They've got protection in the winter. They're not damaging the land, so they don't need to be brought indoors. So there are tremendous benefits to this. But instead, what we see are trees and hedges being ripped out of farms. So we need to reverse that. That's one of the first things we could be doing.
0: And the fossil fuels, you keep referring to them as one of the main reasons why we've got climate change, the burning of, of fossil fuels. On on the ground, where should we be feeling our guilt?
1: <laughs> well, I would say don't feel guilt. That's, that's a very bad uh, motivator because that tends to cause inaction. People think, oh, it's just terrible. There's nothing I can do about it, and so nothing happens. Feel positive about it. There are positive things we can be doing. And I mean, obviously, there are individual actions people can be taking. They can uh, drive less, use public transport, walk or cycle. Or if you have to drive, you could be using an electric car, for example. Um, insulating your home to make it more energy efficient. Uh, getting AAA rated appliances. All of these things people could be doing. Um, but I would say probably the biggest thing anyone could do is take action so that the government brings in legislation and policies that uh, reduce carbon emissions for the entire country so individual action is good but collective action is better and so what we need is for the government and for councils to be taking action to reduce emissions
0: if we all turn to electric cars how are we going to generate the electricity will we not be caught in a a loop if you excuse the pun on, on that one
1: Right, exactly. So we don't all turn to electric cars. We have to drive less. So we can't expect technology to fix this for us. We have to change our lifestyles. We have to uh, use less energy. We have to produce fewer goods that we don't really need. We have to uh, produce food better, produce less meat, for example, eat less meat. Um, we're enormously wasteful for food, uh, so we can uh, be uh, better at that. So it's not about simply taking... Our current lifestyles, our current economy, our current systems, and then taking out the fossil fuels and putting electric stuff in, in its place—that will not work. We have to change fundamentally: change our lifestyles, change our economy, change our societies. We can't continue the way we're going; it's just unsustainable.
0: Will it make any odds if, if China or India or even America don't listen to it? Don't listen to you.
1: Well. I mean, China and India, for example, are brought up all the time as being, you know, the kind of climate baddies, but in fact, they're not. Um, India is, is doing tremendous work with uh, solar, for example. Uh, China is creating huge um, uh, eco cities. Um, but also, you have to remember, these people have a lot of uh, these countries have big populations. But the the emissions per person that they produce is much, much less than the average Irish person, the average British person, the average American, much, much less. So what we have to do is get rich countries to reduce their emissions down to a, a kind of a global fair share, an average fair share. Uh, China is a slightly above that. India is about where that is. So China has a bit to do. India is, isn't is the problem. We are the problem. We have a historic um Uh, responsibility, and we have a current responsibility, and we can't ignore that by saying, oh, it's China's fault, or it's India's fault, they're not doing enough. And We have to take action.
0: By we, you mean Europeans?
1: Europeans, yeah, absolutely. Europeans, Australians, uh, Canadians, Americans, the, the industrial uh, world, we have to take action. We are historically responsible and we're still currently most responsible.
0: I'm having this one-sided conversation at the moment and uh, people who don't buy into your theories will be shouting at the radio, but the reason that you're on at our invitation, uh, Declan, as a representative of Friends of the Earth or indeed a representative of any of the environmental agencies or, or, or charities, is that people are worried about the. state. Statistics of the ten hottest years being since two thousand and two. If if you're worried about Brexit, you should be worried about this a hundred times, a thousand times more than being worried about Brexit. So it's a discussion, it's a conversation, it's it's a chat that we we need to have. People people. there's an absolute, uh, uh, what's the best term for, responsibility to have the conversation, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. And it has to be an evidence-based
1: conversation and the evidence is overwhelmingly on my side. It's not on the side of those who say it's not happening or it's not bad or, you know, it's not humans or whatever. Um, The evidence
0: is on my side, overwhelmingly. There's no question about that. And if we don't take steps, if we don't listen to those who make your argument, uh, and the suggestion that very, you know, large numbers of people aren't listening, uh, if we don't listen, what's the future for for the planet over the next 100 years?
1: So what the science says is that we have to uh, cut our emissions uh, quickly, and drastically and we have to uh, do that in order to stay below about 1.5 degree temperature rise above industrial levels and we're currently about one degree above industrial levels Um, two degrees is getting very close to a kind of a danger area but we're on track at the moment on a business as usual we're on track for about three degrees or possibly four degrees by the end of the century so that's you i mean it, it it sounds like like but what that really means is that we're approaching um, extinction level events so in the past when we have seen high uh, temperature rises like this they have been associated with um, extinction events and that's what we're looking at and what that could be is the extinction of civilization it, but what it will certainly mean is the extinction of large numbers of, of other species plants and animals so we can, we humanity can probably survive in some form at three degrees or four degrees or five degrees, but many, many other uh, living uh, creatures and plants on this planet won't, and that's a simple reality. That's what the science is telling us, absolutely clearly. So we have a responsibility
0: not only to ourselves but to others on the planet. Declan, really appreciate you coming on. It's it's a perspective on life, but it is without doubt something that I think people are listening to more now than they would have if you had been on 10 years ago. And the conversation was to the fore 10 years ago, and people weren't really listening. Maybe now they are. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you.